into the message. The title of the message this morning is the Philippians 4.8 principle. The Philippians 4.8 principle. You can turn in your Bibles so long to Philippians 4 and we'll look at from verse 4 to verse 9. Now, I recently preached a message entitled The Power of the Words that we speak. Do you remember that message? The power of the words we speak. And one of the one of the points that I made during that message is that before words are spoken, they are conceived in the heart. You remember that? Before they're spoken, they are conceived in the heart, and that's why we need to monitor what goes on in our hearts and minds closely. As a believer, we need to do this. So it is essential that we would meditate on good things. Because if you meditate on good things, then out of your mouth will flow forth good things. It's a biblical principle. That's the key. Meditate on good things. Listen to that. Meditate on good things. Won't you say that with me? Meditate on good things. This is what this message is about. One more time. Meditate on good things. How are you doing in terms of that? How are you doing in your thought life? Are you overcome with negativity? Or do you have a pretty constructive outlook, a constructive mindset? So Philippians 4.8 speaks so effectively into this passage. Let's read the passage. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Isn't that such a positive thing to do? Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise that God says his peace will guard your heart and mind. We receive that promise, amen? But now verse eight is the focus of what we're looking at. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Now take note of verse 9. You could easily just read right over it and not see the significance. Here Paul is saying, listen guys, these things you saw and heard and received and you saw this demonstrated in my life. And he's basically saying, guys, I have got a hold of something in God with regards to rejoicing 
and with regards to setting my mind on life and peace. And the peace of God will be with you if you will do the same. He's saying, I'm setting an example. He's not like one of those preachers that say, well, do what I say, but don't do what I do. He says, no, it was right in front of your eyes that this is how I lived. You saw this in me. You saw that this is the way I lived as a living example. And so Paul is saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow my example. You know, with Paul, if anyone had perhaps a good reason to be despondent and a good reason to be problem-focused, wasn't it perhaps Paul, when you think of all that he went through? I mean, he went through a lot of hardship, wrongly accused, put in prison, shipwrecked, bitten by a snake, mistreated, facing death, experiencing continual hardship, etc. And you would have thought, well, maybe he had an excuse to not focus on what is good and lovely and pure, but he said, no, this is a secret. I've learned how to be content in whatever state I am in. There was to be content. He said, I want to share this with you. This is the way Christ wants us to live when we are directing our minds to life and peace. And so here he is, this man who had been through so much, encouraging us to be joyful. And through God's word today, he is encouraging you to focus on good things. Won't you say to the person next to you, focus on good things. So what is the Philippians 4.8 principle? It is the principle that we would meditate on good things. That's it. That we would fill our minds with good things. And verse 8 lists eight qualities. It's quite easy to remember. Philippians 4, 8 lists eight qualities that we as believers should be directing our minds towards. Let's briefly look at those eight qualities. The first one is true. It's up on your screen. The Bible says direct your mind to what is true. True refers to what is genuine what agrees with Scripture, and what is not a lie. We know that the devil hates truth and that he is the father of lies. But Jesus said, I am the truth. And the Lord Jesus is encouraging us that we focus on what is true. That's beautiful. The next one is noble. Noble is perhaps a word that we don't hear too often in our modern day vocabulary, but noble has to do with what is honest, what is honorable. In other words, that which is fitting for a Christian, which is decent. Do you know that it is fitting for you as a child of God to think on noble things? It is becoming to the upright to think on noble things. The next one is just. This deals with what is right and what is fair. In particular, the context speaks here of the things which are right between one person and another. It refers, refers to our dealings, integrity in our dealings. Not gray, not borderline, but thinking about dealings which are just. And as you might be facing a situation where people have not dealt well with you in business and have said some things and done some things to disadvantage you, you can't be meditating on all that time. You need to be meditating on justice. What is just? Pure is the next one. Pure has to do with clean, wholesome, 
not filthy, not perverted. And let me tell you, the world is trying to get us to think about the most perverted things. Am I right? But God says, set your mind on things above. He says, think about what is pure. We need to pursue purity, purity in our relationships, purity in our entertainment, purity in our conversations, purity in our thought life. The Bible says that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. How do you love, your, love the Lord with your mind? You love him with your thoughts. You love him by directing your thoughts to what is pure. It's another way of loving God by keeping those thoughts in your mind directed to purity. It's a way of loving God, quite amazing. Another one is lovely. That's the next word. Lovely is what is dear and what is pleasing. In other words, not what's sour and irritable, but things that are dear, lovely. Think on those things. Good report. Good report has to do with what is commendable, what is admirable. This can also include kindness and courtesy and respect, uh, perhaps the things that people in my, admire in you, and also the aspect of a good reputation. Oftentimes, we tend to think of people who have done things wrong and the bad reputation and the mistakes that they have made, but God says, think of the good reputations. Think of the good report. Because in so doing, you're thinking more like me because I'm always thinking the best for every person. I'm thinking thoughts of welfare and good. I'm thinking good reports. The second one, last one is virtue. Would you say the word virtue? Virtue is to do with that which is excellent. Not things which are ugly or dirty. And then the last one, praiseworthy. This speaks for itself. The Bible is encouraging us to direct our minds to things that are worthy of being commended, that are worthy of praise. And so what is Paul doing? He's saying, guys, I've discovered a secret and I want to share it with you. Begin to look for positive thoughts in life and begin to focus on them. Can you imagine if you began to apply verse 8 in a new way? Can you imagine, imagine the dramatic effect it would have on your life? Because I'm telling you, it will have a dramatic effect. Sometimes our thought life is so toxic. And God's saying, no, 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 that's not becoming for you. That's not fitting for you. Raise your game. Upgrade your thinking because I have a better way. Number one of four things I want to share with you in Rapid succession. Number one, we have a choice. Won't you say that with me, please? We have a choice. We always have a choice. Regarding what we think about or we meditate on, we have a choice. Don't believe the lie that you're a victim of whatever's thrown at you. And what's thrown at you at work and thrown at you through the media, you're just a victim of that. No, you're not. I do realize that it's not very easy in the world we live in because things are thrown at us in the newspapers, in electronic media, the bad news we face on a, on a continual basis. But even though it's not easy, let me tell you, we can stay on top because God would never call you to live in a realm that you are incapable of achieving. But let me say it's also by the power 
of Christ in us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can face that barrage from the media through Christ who strengthens me. And I can come through on top. We have a choice to make. Have you ever noticed how society does tend to promote bad news? It's like the sensational stuff seems to sell a lot better. And Paul understood this battle, and that's why he penned Philippians 4, verse 8. He has a reality. Any old soul can dwell on negatives. But it takes discipline, and it takes character as a believer to begin to set your mind on something else. It takes discipline and character. Listen to this statement. It's on your screen. The human mind will always set itself on something. We just have to decide what the setting will be. Billy Graham puts together a lovely quote, and it's also on your screen. This is what it says. The happiness which brings enduring worth to life is not the superficial happiness that is dependent on circumstances. It is the happiness and contentment that fills the soul even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances and environment. It's the kind of happiness that grins when things go wrong and smiles through tears. The happiness for which our souls ache is one which will root deeply inside of us and give peace and contentment no matter what the surface problems may be. Wow. It's all about our focus. You can be somebody who chooses to focus on all the negatives or you can be somebody who chooses to count your blessings. I want to be somebody who counts the blessings. How about you? Number two, are you with me? Are you with me? Gladiators, are you ready? Now, when we dwell, number two, when we dwell on negatives, we are actually in danger, listen carefully, of limiting our potential. Some people think, well, I can think about negative things. It's not going to have any consequence in my life because it's actually only what I say that's important or what I do. No, no, no. All of that begins in the thought life. And nobody wants to be a failure in life, but when we speak ill of ourselves, when we think destructive thoughts, when we beat ourselves up, we are actually hindering our growth. We are stifling our potential. Some people are wondering why things are just an uphill battle all the time in their lives. And it could be because you're constantly beating yourself up in your thought life. You're constantly harboring thoughts which do not cause you to fly and soar. But you're focusing on thoughts that bring you down. Let me tell you, we cannot allow runaway thoughts. I like to call them fugitive thoughts. They are thoughts running wildly around in your mind. You cannot allow those things to run freely in your mind. No, no, no. You need to take thoughts captive. I want to ask you, do you ever actually do that? The Bible says you are to take thoughts captive and bring them to the obedience of Christ. And too many of us allow our minds to be some horrendous punching ring. It looks like WWF or WCW, I don't know what, these wrestling things and going crazy in there. But God says you can take thoughts captive. 
The scripture that backs that up is 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. It's on your screen. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive. Have you thought of doing that? I want to tell you, God enables you by his spirit to take thoughts captive and to make it obedient to Christ. Let me also just say that sometimes when we're allowing self-defeating thoughts, we're actually beating ourselves up. And therefore, the enemy doesn't even need to beat you up because you're just beating yourself up. We don't want to allow that to happen. We want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we want to say when those thoughts come, get behind me, Satan, that thought has no place in my mind. Point number three. Negative thoughts generate depressing feelings. Good thoughts increase your well-being. It's so true as you begin to think on the negative and how it affects you, or you begin to think on good thoughts and how that lifts you up. Have you ever found yourself, let's take a little example here. You wake up in the morning, you had a good night's rest, you're ready for the day, you jump into the shower, and uh, you're getting ready. Here you are, you're at the breakfast table, you're eating your muesli or your cocoa pops or whatever it might be, and there's quite a spring in your step, you're happy at the start of the day, and, and as you carry on with your day, you find that about 30, 40 minutes later, you're just suddenly feeling a little bit low, you're feeling a bit despondent. You know what? If you go back and you trace the last 30 minutes in your thought life, I can almost guarantee you you will find you began to think about things that were a burden to you. And now it has left you heavy-hearted. Joel Osteen says, and he's been a real example in terms of thinking about the life and the goodness of God. He says those 30 to 40 minutes or 60 minutes at the start of your day, he said those are crucial because it's in that start of the day where you set your trajectory, where you set your course for the day. And so I want to encourage you, at the start of the day, it's so important that you look at the thoughts that you are thinking and direct your thoughts to life and to peace. Allow me to mention a few positive thoughts and see maybe if you feel just fractionally uplifted. Here's a couple of positive thoughts. God has great plans for me. Here's another one. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, and God is faithful to me. Another one, I am making progress. That's positive. Here's one. I have an excellent memory. <laughs> have you heard people say, hey, I've got a memory like a sieve. I can't remember names. I'm thinking, dude, you keep on confessing that. And you're going to need memory, mega memory course time 16. You know what I mean? Don't make those confessions. Here's a positive one. I have an excellent memory. Here's another positive thought. I'm blessed. The Lord has blessed me. He is good to me. Here's another positive thought. I get along well with others. People just like me. <laughs> what does it take? It takes a couple of positive thoughts to begin to lift you. Sometimes I've noticed when people come in for counseling, they're in a bad way. 
and they meet with a good Christian counselor, and it doesn't take long before they begin to experience huge relief. Because they've sat down with this counselor and their mind is spinning and they're just all dear makar and thinking all the wrong things and so discouraged. But then you just begin to give the principles. You just begin to speak truth into that situation and you begin to see their countenance actually changes as they realize the truth is setting them free. As they are thinking on life-giving thoughts, it actually causes them to rise. The scripture says, in Galatians 6, verse 7 to 9, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, I'd like to say that you can sow thoughts. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Why don't you say this out aloud after me? As I sow, As I sow life-giving thoughts, life thoughts, I will reap the harvest, reap the harvest of, a of a healthy mindset. Isn't that lovely? You sow into the Spirit, and of the Spirit you reap life. The last point. Sustained right thinking will result in lasting joy. Please say that with me. Sustained right thinking will result in lasting joy. Now, statistics say that the average person has about 50,000 thoughts that go through their mind per day. It's quite interesting. That's a lot of thoughts. But you see, your thoughts can either cause you to rise or they can cause you to sink. And so we need to start taking note of the quality of our thoughts and begin directing our minds to Philippians 4 verse 8. You can just bring that on the screen. The quality of our thoughts and beginning to direct our minds to what is lovely, to what is pure, to what is praiseworthy. And I want to say to you, remember... You have the authority over your mind. You get to say what comes in and you get to say what doesn't come in. This is very important. Because some people say, John, you don't understand. My family, I just, I've got a bad upbringing. My parents were so negative and cynical and, and criticizing and every kind of negative thought, they were thinking it. And my grandparents were the same. How am I going to possibly change this? You know, our upbringing determines us and I can't change this. Well, I want to tell you, the Bible tells me that we can renew our minds. And where you are found right now in this point, I realize it's sometimes a little bit tough. It's sometimes a little bit overwhelming from the past, but you can renew your mind. The way your mind is today and the way it can be in nine months or 12 months' time can be different. Don't say, well, I've tried this before and it hasn't worked for me. Let me tell you, try a little bit harder. Rest a little bit more on the grace of God. Trust a little bit more that through Christ I can do all things because you can renew your mind. Tell the person next to you, you can renew your mind. And that's what the scripture says in Romans 12 verse 2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm making progress. How about you? That you may prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I want to say in conclusion, three little helpful questions as we get ready to close the message. These are three practical little things that might just help you a little bit, a little exercise to do to think on things which are good and positive. Here's one. What three things am I thankful for right now? You begin to think of those three things. You begin to think, wow, I have something to be grateful for. Another one, what are th three of my strengths or positive characteristics? You can even talk about this at the lunch table today. What are three of my strengths or positive characteristics? And if you've got siblings in the family, you know, brother and sister, tell them they're not allowed to say anything negative, okay? Another one is, what can I look forward to in this next week? Let me tell you, you can ha have something to look forward to, even if it is just sleeping late on Saturday morning. <laughs> there is something that you can look forward to. And those are just little examples of things that we can do, questions we can ask ourselves to direct our minds to life and peace. But I want to tell you from the Word of God that you can have a healthy and a blessed thought life, thinking about what is pure, what is lovely, and what is praiseworthy. Can I get an amen and let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Let's stand as we pray. Father, we thank you for this time under your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you speak into the areas that we need to hear. We ask you, Lord, that as we go into this week ahead, that we would find new grace, new determination, new strength in Christ to begin to think about what is lovely and pure and praiseworthy. And we declare that we will begin to mount up with wings as eagles and we will soar because that's the place where you want us to be. Now bless your people. Would you receive this as a blessing from your Father? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. God bless you.